Live Smackdown podcast in the shadows. It's Black doing the damn thing. WWE. It's good, y'all. Uh, Smackdown Live was last night emanating from the Ohio State University, if uh, memory serves correct. And uh, started off the show with good old Michael Cole. Uh, ready to give Kofi Kingston an exclusive interview regarding uh, the beatdown that took place from Kevin Owens last week. It was a, you know, turn. And regardless of how we've gotten to this part of the story, we're here now. So, uh, inside the storyline, out comes Kofi. We all miss Big E. It's uh, very rough to, you know, not hear that entrance. And then have it uh, in storyline, butchered by KO, in storyline, outside of storyline, I think it was hilarious, but uh, uh, Kof comes out, uh, was he himself, yeah, he was himself, he came out with the pancakes, he wasn't letting anything get him down, that was, you know, the way it was, the power of positivity, some people on the internet aren't feeling that too much, they want him to look, you know, strong and aggressive, and be pissed off, and, you know, continue on that, uh, path of anger, if you will, and I understand, uh, but I think uh, this is WWE's story to tell, I understand that uh, some may be critical, but this is what I was speaking on yesterday, there are ways to try to get that point across more, could Kofi have been more aggressive, or a little more angry about it, coming down the ramp, opening the show, as the champion and his whole thing is throwing the pancakes and getting the crowd it hype and stuff like that outside the storyline 205 live doesn't open the show anymore so we don't have the lucha house party to get everybody in a great mood so what's the next best thing the power of positivity free pancakes little props crowd interaction and come on most importantly the wwe champion so I ain't mad at that. And now that's just, you know, a, a, a response to some of the critics. You know, uh, I think uh, maybe Sami Zayn could use some of these talking points if he gets in contact with Sasha and uh, talks about the podcast. But, um, yeah, Kofi came out, wasn't letting none of the nonsense get him down. And um, we are getting to Kevin Owens uh, coming out to interfere and then just, you know, uh, try to talk him down and tell Kofi the reality about himself and how he's drowning and he's trying to be the champion, but nobody really believes that he's the champion and such like that. Outside of storyline, I think this is uh, excellent development and it's a way to get anybody that doesn't want to look at Kofi as champion to know that Kofi is perceived as the WWE champion and he definitely has worked his way up from not necessarily being seen as maybe a championship caliber superstar maybe that b plus player you know but now he's showing that he could at least be that at least a player you know the player whatever um come out told me he's drowning but while he tells me he's drowning it comes Woods to attack him from behind because of that power bomb on the apron last week. KO got a super kick, great super kick. Woods sold it beautifully, and his shoulder was hurting apparently. So um, a lot more impactful than 
we thought it was going to be. Either way, um, we, uh, you know, see Kofi try to run up and save him. KO runs off in a cowardly act, and, you know, that was pretty much the opening segment. Not bad, not bad at all. This is a way to, you know, keep that story going. We know that uh, it was... Uh, it was bound to happen and maybe it happened soon but with outside of storyline with the unfortunate uh Daniel Bryan injury you know uh things have shifted so with just a little bit of time to pull the trigger on some things and make stuff happen I like what WWE is doing with the storyline thus far like they're making something of it and it's not as if KO hasn't been deserving now maybe the storyline could have uh angled a little differently with how KO wanted to uh uh you know really have the spotlight anyway but hey the story being told the way it's being told I'm not really uh mad at it at all so good opening segment all in all Becky Lynch takes on Bailey next. First time ever. And I guess the first time ever needed a decided winner uh, from backstage because it was decided that Becky would tap Bailey out after a fairly good match. Bailey is more aggressive. She's she's more on top of the moves when they're happening. Outside of storyline, I think we'll call them the sequences. These things are like I said, they're just coming together very well for Bailey, and I'm really enjoying seeing how, you know, her character is developing on her own. Two losses in a row on SmackDown. Come on, we gotta take Bailey a little more serious. But you know, you could you could request certain things, but these things won't happen for a number of reasons. You just can't get emotionally affected if uh, you know what you ask for didn't come to fruition say for instance we all want to see some form of repackaging of bailey yes but at the same time bailey was kind of not scripted but slotted as a you know female john cena from back in the day you know she's the hugger she's the happy go luck but i don't say go lucky but she's the perky always positive you know uh WWE superstar, you know, she's a powerful woman and she's inspirational to so many, you know, of the the youth coming up, you know, and she alters just like DX spoke on at the Hall of Fame. She she can alter the way, you know, uh, a child comes up. Like when I was young, everybody was doing the suck it chops. You know, like it was crazy and all kinds of things with the schoolyard wrestling. So one could only imagine if Bailey were like, you just got to really uh, approach a potential heel turn with Bailey a certain way. And I see that. So we can't just, uh, you know, try to completely revamp her character, because what would that do to so many fans? And I'm talking long time fans, even whatever with that. Um, I I thought maybe Charlotte would come through and interfere, you know, like the match, the, and, um, the match last week was a great match and, uh, Charlotte picked up the victory. So I guess she didn't really have much reason to DQ outside of just, you know, heel tactics, but I guess a bigger heel tactic would be making Bailey take the L and, you know, 
you, I get you. Well, she attacked everybody after the match, you know. But it's a, uh, I, I, you know, I guess it makes her look the strongest, you know. She's she's making the the totem pole. Or she's she's molding it. Like if Becky's at the top, she's trying to work her way up. Now she was over Bailey with that win last week, but her not disqual- not making the match, you know, go to DQ. I think, you know, let's sit back and think about it. It is kind of funny, you know, in a way it's it's trolling a little bit. But come on, y'all, we got to put Bailey up a little better than that. Like she's she is a huge star. And, you know, with no boss hug, if we want to take her serious as women's champion, when uh, she does get her opportunity, you know, and I'm pretty sure she will. You know, my, I could be wrong. I always could be wrong. But uh we, we want to be able to take her serious, you know, so uh, I'm, we're just going to have to wait and see how the weeks continue to progress with Bailey. but I'm behind her 100%, just like I had organically eventually got behind Sasha Banks. I wasn't real, I was on, I was on Bailey's side when, you know, Sasha and Bailey were going at it on Raw uh, last year in 2018. I liked Bailey's side of it. I saw how Sasha was doing, but at the same time, I couldn't disagree with how Sasha was doing it, but, you know, now, with everything going on, you know, the only thing I would like to see is, you know, the boss get back into the ring and do what it is she loves to do, do what it is she's good at, and be taken seriously by the crowd, not just be seen as some, you know, sideshow act, and I think that's really what, you know, some of the feel is from, uh, you know, the WWE superstars that don't have the highest morale in the moment, you know, but I def- I want to see, uh, I don't, I, I'll say like this, I'd rather not see Bailey go through the morale issue in the same way that Sasha's going through, whether it's, you know, publicized, hopefully not, or not, you know, like, it's, uh, it, 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 you know, we, we, just, we all want to see the best for our superstars, so, uh, with that, it was a good match, you know, Becky and Bailey went at it, you know, Becky two belts came out, they told us, it was it was what was expected, you know. Like Bailey, I thought like honestly, I thought it was going to be a DQ. Like I said, I'm not mad at the outcome at all. You know, it's just the way to look at it. You know, Bailey could take that take the loss last week and see how Charlotte went about it. And I mean, whatever. We're not going to look read too deep into it, but it it's fine. Bailey could take that and get mad at it, and she can continue on this little aggressive streak and maybe step that up even more. The Bailey buddies, though, eh. The, the hugging thing, eh, and I'm, I'm speaking personally as a part of the WWE universe that came from the Attitude Era, you know, like, we know what uh, what can't happen, but the women weren't being taken as seriously in the Attitude Era, so to want Attitude Era-esque stuff, you know, it's, um, from the women, like, come on now, it's, it's impactful, it's high, it's high athleticism, so... I'm good with where it's at so far and how it will continue to grow. Charlotte came out, beat everybody up at the end, looking strong. And now we're going to see Charlotte versus Becky one more time at Money in the Bank. And three weeks streaming live on the WWE Network. So unfortunate. The Hardy Boys had to relinquish the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. This does not take anything away from them. Jeff, you know, he sustained an injury. This stuff happens, and 
they didn't get to defend them, but they are still the Hardy Boys. They are the greatest tag team in all of space and time and time and space. So, you know, it's a tough loss, but we do wish the we wish Jeff the uh, speediest of recoveries over here from the shadows. You know, he's an, he's an artist, and I'm not just talking about him being a painter. So it's uh, it was sad to see uh, him go down, and it's, you know, we're just, we're just waiting to see him come back at this point. So they out there, and uh, all right, all right, hold on. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it right now, right now. I don't want to disrespect <laughs> um, the the new announcer. Let's just say it like that. I'm not going to make any jokes. I'm not going to, you know, say anything to, uh, you know, try to degrade or make one feel bad or anything. It's just that she's new, so she's getting a lot more custom to, you know, where her spots are at, how... How, you know, things are going. We don't know her name. I think I heard her name once or twice. Shriver, I think. I can't remember. But, um, uh, you know, she, she's she been on TV for the past couple of weeks. And you can tell that she's giving her all. I say it like that. And I don't mean any form of sarcasm when I share it. I, I mean, like, she's, she's doing... She... I can see what she has envisioned, you know? And if anybody's critiquing her, I think she's critiquing herself. So I don't know, um, I don't have anything crazy to say about it, but you know, we all see the newness, if you will. Like it's, um, she'll, she'll, she's gonna, she'll get better. And I'm not saying she's bad at all. You know, she's carrying herself like an announcer would, but you know, she's announced, she's, you know, uh, interviewing the Hardys. And, um, yeah, that was how that went because then Lars Sullivan comes out, wow, and, uh, you know, he's technically one of the reasons why Jeff Hardy is injured right now. So, uh, Matt Hardy, you know, being the bro, he's not gonna just let them get beat up. I respect it. But Jeff was injured. He clearly had a crutch. So it's like, oh man, is, uh, like, is Jeff Hardy going to, you know, get hurt you know like is like how are they gonna do this like is he gonna take a bump on injury like that would be crazy like it's happened before for different reasons but um like Braun Strowman is someone that comes to mind but it's uh you know we don't we were nervous for him for a second but everything turned out to be okay because our truth came out to uh save the day tried to throw a chair shot at Lars and that didn't work Laws ate it, then punched through the chair, running power slam. I got a small critique on the running power slam this week, only because I enjoy watching it so much. It looked like Laws was trying to jump off of one leg, and the momentum was it didn't carry that well with the way he had a fair running start. Maybe he was a little winded, I don't know. But just you know, just the adrenaline, it seemed like. From you know, just looking at the athleticism, but I um I did like the segment. I like how Lars look 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 strong at the end of it all. Like I said last week, it could have been a three on one, maybe four on one, but the superstar shakeup. So all we got right now is our truth and Matt Hardy. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we'll get that two on one uh, tag match next week, and Lars will eat through that one. But either way, it was a good segment. Hope uh, Jeff Hardy gets well soon. Maybe maybe Matt Hardy goes to the 
to the singles run. Maybe he goes to one of those, try to get the IC championship. I don't know. Maybe he stays backstage and, you know, continues from a production role. Who knows? We'll see what happens, though, as uh, time progresses. But all in all, like I said, I enjoyed that segment. And shouts to Truth for uh, taking that powerbomb again. Next out comes uh, uh, Kyrie Sane and Oscar, who... I don't think they're gonna. I don't want to say they're gonna. Well, they're not gonna be a tag team for very long. I'll say that uh, if they are going to be a women's tag team, then I personally would just like to see a name. Now, these things, I'm not saying I'm gonna be mad if none of the things that I ask for ever come to fruition at all. I would like for these things to come to fruition, <laughs> you know, but. I'm only one member of the WWE Universe. I do believe that our opinions can be heard and felt and maybe even, you know, taken into account like, okay, we'll act on that one. That sounds like a good idea. But by no means do I say or think at any moment that anything that I would say or anything that I would request would be taken as some sort of demand. Like, oh, we need to do that. And I think maybe a lot of us... uh, (laughs) You know, in the WWE universe, could stand to use that mentality moving forward. And so the sting goes away of, oh, they're not listening to us. Like, you won't even want to say anything negative. But, um, yeah, I would like to see these these two get some sort of name. You know, just just because, you know, saying their names and then having Paige come out with them, it's a definite mouthful. Not even to say it's a bad thing, but it's just, uh, you know, we're waiting to see. And, I mean, these are still early builds. It's still three weeks to the show. Well, two weeks at this point. So I think we're going to get to see some things. We saw uh, the Iconics on commentary. We saw them in action one on well, for the past two weeks. Well, I think last week they did it. Or however it worked, but we've seen them, so... You know, they, you know, were showcased on SmackDown on television. It was a good look. They didn't really get any in-ring action from them, but they were talking, talking that talk or commentary, which was hilarious in its own bits and moments. You know, like, uh, I think uh, being a little calmer, but at the same time being just as annoying, you know, might, uh, like, just, if it's at a 10 right now, we would need... A, a nine or maybe an eight point seven, just to have the people want to take the women's tag team championships more seriously. We know that they could do it cosmetically. We know that they could act a fool with them, and you know, <laughs> some people will get mad and say, "Oh, they should be treated with more respect." The tag, women's tag team championships, and other people like myself will say, "Yo, man, that looks that makes them look so awesome because." they actually are giving them some sort of character or like spirit or energy like Seth is so in his I'm the universal champion bag right now I'm gonna I don't care I'm gonna win and I'm the man and all of that good stuff you know like so I I appreciate you know I am doing I mean there's of course still ways to build it and continue to grow on it and um You know, we'll get to those critiques as, you know, as the weeks progress. You know, I'm not mad at any of it. But right now, with Kyrie Singh and Oscar, they get in the ring with uh, two local competitors from Ohio. And, uh, you know, it was a 
was, I don't want to call it a squash. It was certain points where the girls got some offense and a little redhead and such like that. But uh, Kyrie Sane and her big sister Oscar, you know, they're undeniable, undeniable talents. I think we'll get to see Kyrie Sane continue to expand on her character. Insane elbow is crazy. Everything Oscar does is amazing. So it's uh. You know, things are coming together, you know, and we'll see how they, how this happens at the uh, Money in the Bank event for the Women's Tag Team Championships. Are they, is that, is that booked yet? Is that official? I'm, I apologize, but either way, I think that's something that we might get to see. I mean, I, I, I would like to see them get the Tag Team Championships, but at the, well, the Women's Tag Team Championships, but then at the same time, it's, well, what's going to, what are we going to get from that? What's going to happen after they do get the Women's Tag Team Championships, you know? Like, then what? So, it's, uh, you know, all a toss-up, and we'll, I'm, I'm excited to see how it all plays out. All right. It's Roman Reigns' time. So, we uh, we're greeted with the big dog himself basically sharing the first impression idea and you know you want to make a lasting impression you know and uh, this brings out Shane we know how the story goes by now um Greg Ham did a, a short intro that's what he asked for a little short low-key intro keep it simple so it's just the best in the world Shane McMahon. How you like that? I, I, I'm, I'm still working. I think it's, you know, my voice is back. I had a little bit of a cold the other week, but, you know, I'm coming back too. So I thought that was pretty good. And Greg Ham did it like no other can. So, uh, you know, Shane came out. I really enjoyed throwing the arms up. Maybe, maybe, maybe Shane could do the, the sit still thing and just basking in it. Like, the movement is great, like, for the best in the world on each of the syllables. But, you know, if if it's anything, and I mean, I'm just saying to me, to see how it looks on camera. Like, him sitting still when he was doing it, like, on one of the replay packages I'd seen or uh, the video packages, I thought it was really, really well done. Just how he looked with just the still frame of him doing it. By the way... Uh, Miz Dad on Raw. The picture of Miz Dad was too much. I just, I, I, it slipped my mind yesterday because it was too funny. I fainted a couple of times, but um, yeah, that that was too much. <laughs> Shouts to Miz Dad, and um, yeah, Shane comes out. You know, uh, isn't really gonna press Roman one on one. Roman isn't feeling the idea that he's all the way up there acting like that and. Uh, you know, Shane ain't really trying to fight him. He's the boss's son. You know, it's inherent that he is the best in the world. Now, now, this man is my spirit animal. Call it what you want. So, I'm somewhere in there, in that, right? No, yeah. I, I'm gonna look at myself like I'm like that. You know, and and we just gonna move forward under that impression. Okay, guys. All right. So, uh, Shane pretty much calls out the B team. SmackDown Tag Division, oh gosh, we believe in it and we need to see some more things from it. I'm not saying that it's bad, I'm saying that we all 
all where that there's uh, progress to be made. I say it even better. There's work to be done. And I believe that these guys can do it. I think that the tag team division can be made more entertaining. I don't necessarily know how just yet, but I think that uh, with what the Colognes, the B team, right now New Day is a little busy with other things. Uh, so the Colognes and the B team and the Hardys just relinquishing the championship. Oh, man. We got Rusev and Nakamura, y'all. I've been saying it now. Look, look now. We might be able to get some. These two in the matching gear. And, uh, boy, maybe a, maybe a we've been ignored storyline. You know, maybe a, we're much better than, you know, half of these guys on the roster. And we deserve to be treated as such or something maybe maybe i don't know you know they uh they could be very very funny together i think that these guys can be funny if they can learn to understand what each other is saying or maybe that could be another joke that goes into it you know like they barely understand each other but they can comprehend each other very well and they're well oiled machine because of it hey man this it just reminded me because of the idea I had of, you know, just mixing and matching songs and such like that. Kyrie saying that Oscar came out and their the songs were meshed in a way where one was one stopped and then transitioned into the other. You know, it we're just getting them out there, you know, but the entrance does mean something. The both of them are doing, you know, exactly what you know, they can do, so I'm not, you know, I'm not mad at, you know, how it's playing out or how it's going, it's so good, it's just, you know, you know, but it's the same idea essentially with Rusev and Nakamura where they have, uh, you know, really separate, you know, instrumentals on their music, like things are completely different, so... Uh, these things can come together, and then it's uh, like with song changes, like it's growing accustomed to how the song is. Some superstars might like this song, you know, and you know the fans have grown accustomed to hearing the songs a certain way, or hearing, or, you know, attaching this person to this track and all of that. So it's uh, you know, it's it's a toss up on how it all how it all could play out, just as far as you know presenting them goes with. You know, coming out to the ring, Rusev and Nakamura as tag team champions. But at least we got another team. Uh, AOP coming back soon. Don't know where they're going to land with the Superstar shakeup. But, hey, you know, we'll we'll see how it uh, you know, all plays out. Oh, no. It was, uh, you know, a cool segment. Because the B team ended up having to take on... Roman Reigns, two-on-one, Shane called him out. But then, special guest, the referee enforcer was none other than the residential troubadour SmackDown Live. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Elias. Like, how they, I thought that was pretty cool how that, that flowed. But, yeah, he uh, came through and, you know, was in the ref's corner just uh, to, I guess, help enforce. But... He was really interfering in the match mostly. The odds were stacked against Roman. This is how the story uh, was told. And Roman, there was a couple of times where he looked like he would lose. 
one of the climax spots of the match, or I would almost say of the night, climax of the night almost, was that uh, Samoan drop in the DDT. And on both of them, uh, it was... it. The, the reason why I would put it so high on the list of moves that we saw in the night, when there were plenty of impactful moves, I would say is because it was something that we haven't seen from Roman. It's innovative. And that's where the real respect comes in. There's a different reception to Roman, you know. You know, he beat, what was it I heard him say? He, uh, beat cancer <laughs> he he beat Brock Lesnar and now he's in he's he potentially is about to beat Elias this guy is goddamn superhero if we ever seen one so you know there's uh, there's still potential for Roman and with the way the crowd has been receiving him in these past couple of weeks which has been a fairly mixed reception me just listening in you know I'm uh I'm hearing the booze, and then I'm I'm hearing and feeling the oh my god I'm such a d hole for you know booing Roman Reigns so the people will cheer him and then the like the booze will just diminish like they'll just go away because it's like all right I think these fans that aren't aware of what type of fan they're being are being made aware of what type of fan they're being. And if they don't like it, they're altering that. And that's what's up. That's that. Well, that's part of the... How do we word it? It's part of that polarizing effect that Roman has. So, with that, you know, with the odds stacked against them, Shane O'Mac sending... Elias and the B team at, you know, at Roman. For him to pick up the victory there, but almost looked like he was going to lose a couple of times. You know, it's like, wow. I could say this. It feels like if Roman loses, it's like, damn. You know, like, that's the feeling I get. And I think maybe the WWE Universe might feel the same. Like, yeah, we're going to boo him, or we want to boo him. Not me, personally. But, you know, the the generic casual, if you will, uh, or or the hardcore. Let's use him. Uh, like I want to boom, I do. But it's been an ordeal that the man just made it through. So I'm not going boom. But if he wins, I'm a boom a little bit. But I don't want him to be booed. Like if that even makes sense. Like it's this again that polarizing thing. But you know, Roman is. Uh, like when he's a, if he's seemingly about to lose, if that three hits, we're all gonna feel it. And I, again, that polarizing feeling. That's that's awesome, you know. That Roman carries that energy with him during these matches because with him, with him taking on characters like the B Team, where it's like, okay, it's a little obvious that he's gonna win. I think WWE is very aware of how they don't want to. Uh, oversaturate the Roman Reigns again. You know, they don't want to do that. They don't want to mess us up or mess up what they could have with Roman because he finally is in a better space with the fans, you know. So 
what do we do to continue? Uh, well, right now, as far as last week is concerned, that was exactly what one would do. It was perfect. I and I was that well, not like well, yesterday on well, last night on SmackDown Live, it was very good. It was exactly what I would have uh, wanted to see happen. And just watching my emotions go up and down with the false finish or the, or the near falls, I say it like that. It's uh. It was it was it was refreshing, you know. And then to see the Samoan drop into the you know and the and the DDT like it was, it was good. It shows that he's trying to be a little different with his offense, and I like that. I like how they roll like the the office or the you know the big the big people in charge are really still rocking with Roman and not just you know giving up on him ASAP. So I, I like that. Finn Balor and Ali took on. Andrade and Randy Orton in a tag team matchup next. Very good, very good tag match. Ended in Ali doing the 450. I guess the 054 is no more. So sad, so sad. You know, it is unfortunate, but at the same time, the safety of the WWE superstars is paramount. You know, it is held to the highest importance. At least that's the way I've uh, learned to see it. So, uh, with that, I um, I'm sad to see it go. It looked nice. It was visual flair for 205 Live, and we will never ever forget Mustafa Ali for that. But Ali does the 450. Okay, that makes sense. That's fine. So he, you know, let that off. On, I believe it was Andrade and picked up the victory. Uh, and Randy hit Finn with an RKO at the end of the match. Andrade is the next face to Latin America. I'm saying it. I'm going to continue to say it. If they're going to Fox, he's the guy for FS Sports 1 or however. I mean, he's the guy. If this, like, they're going to be some shifts and changes made as to how the WWE product is spoken on, you know. Last night on 205 Live, we had four members on commentary. You know the only other place I see four members on commentary? The, the sports center or inside the NBA and stuff like that with Chuck and Kenny, you know, and them. But uh, with all of uh, this stuff going on, I believe that Andrade can definitely be a major talking point with Selena Vega. We saw Andrade at the beginning of the match do the little microphone thing. He was uh, he was fairly audible. We could understand what he was saying. So as he continues to sharpen his English, we all look forward to just how much more attitude, <laughs> you know, how much more Latin spice he could bring to the product. Because it was it was good to hear him do the the you know the hyper confident thing. Like Randy, I could teach you a thing or two. What? We thought he was going to be nice. Well, he was being, you know, fairly uh, disrespectful. But he was, uh, you know, talking down to his opponents. But then to uh, literally go at your partner. Whoa. Just whoa. Unexpected. <laughs> you know, talk about unexpected. That was, it was a great line too. You know, like, who do you think you are to teach the legend killer something about in-ring capability, but, you know, that man is a luchador, so he, he knows a thing or two himself. I think they can, well, they could play over each other well.
in the uh, tag team, uh, you know, landscape of things on SmackDown Live. But that all can't happen just yet. Why? Because Andrade, that's right, Andrade, the next face of Latin America, uh, Randy Orton, Finn Balor, and Ali are going to be the next four combatants in the Money in the Bank ladder match in three weeks. Or, you know, what, two weeks, a week from Sunday at this point. But, uh, man, I you know, I thought it was going to be a fatal four-way. Silly me. I even talked about it with the women's division. I don't think they, uh, well, they covered it really brief-like, but, uh, and, and it was some spots with the backstage vignettes where they did make a thing of it. But um, for the women, let's just get that going too. Uh, the next four women that are going to be in the match, as far as the SmackDown side goes, is uh, Carmella, Ember Moon. Give me a second. Mandy Rose, because Shane McMahon said they've got to choose. And Sonya Deville, being an awesome friend, said, you go ahead and get in there and do your thing. Because you came close. Like, she had good reasons. It wasn't just the suck-uppy friend talking to her hotter friend, quote-unquote hotter. And, you know, saying, no, no, you go ahead and take it because you deserve it. Like, there's a real reason behind it. Like, she did come closer a time or two. And she has been, you know, on the wave or whatever. So, it's just, you know, shouts to... And then shouts to Sonya Deville for letting that rock. So we got Carmella, we got Ember Moon, we got Mandy Rose. And there's one more superstar. Wait, pause. Shouts to Dana Brooks graphic when they were showing it last night. It looked really nice. I like the little smiley and all that. Just, you know, that's a good look for her. But anyway, um, who is that eighth component? Who is that eighth competitor? Man, that slips my mind now. And I feel like an idiot. But... These are the four women, but the other four women, like I said, Ember Moon, Carmella, Mandy Rose, and who is this fourth woman on SmackDown Live that's going to be in there? Well, it'll uh, come to me, and uh, I'll definitely, but we'll get back to it, but uh, right now, all the stage is set, and we got four other men superstars, so we'll uh, get to all of that, but... I don't have a prediction necessarily. I don't. I just want to see them go in there and go at it. All right. So the main event segment. So the KO show inviting Xavier Woods uh, on to have a conversation about uh, what took place in the WWE Championship match looming. A week from Sunday on the WWE Network. So, we, uh, you know, what is this? Give me a second. Oh, yeah, so he invited Woods out. Woods wasn't out there. He wasn't having it. He wasn't trying to, uh, you know, show up to the KO show, clearly. Uh, understandable after their little fight that happened. And uh, Kofi was backstage with him telling him, like, look, man, this is me. This is all me. So just let let me handle it. Y'all could just stay back. I don't want anything to happen or anything else to happen to y'all on my hands. So just go ahead and do your thing, and I will catch up with you. All right. So KO was trolling Woods, and he had, he had to cast around an an action figure and had an action figure of Woods kicked him down but this uh uh pissed off Kofi Kingston you can see the crowd getting up when he was out there on the Titan Tron center stage 
Kofi looked extremely angry. You know, I'm sure he gently placed the championship down by Mr. McMahon before he stepped out on that stage. Like, look, I got to handle this one. And, and he went out there and, you know, they fought. And they went at it. And, you know, Kofi came out on top this time around. We still got some weeks to go before we see what else happens. But it was a, a good look uh, for Kofi to, you know, come out strong that time around. And we'll see how the rest of the week see how the rest of the week uh, continues to play out or the uh, incoming weeks play out for the dreadlocked Dynamo and his opponent Kevin Owens at Money in the Bank. So I'm excited for it. I can't wait to see it. Uh, let's get on in the 205 live now since we've uh, got the uh, time for it. But uh, we opened up the show and we saw... So we saw the Lucha House Party take on the Singh Brothers. Man, first of all, I must say I've been rocking with Sunil and Samir for a, for a while now. I would, I think it goes as far back as breaking ground. I've enjoyed seeing these guys just be there. Maybe it was uh, the Cruiserweight Classic. I would believe it was that also. Man, these guys have had that dancing act and then training and they came out to the ring and shared like they've been you know in the ring with superstars like they were on I guess the inaugural episode of 205 Live but then you know they went on to you know work with the modern day Maharaja Jinder Mahal and you know get beat up <laughs> but they made it beautiful and it was hilarious because they really have been in there with the with champions and they've seen some amazing sights so <laughs> it really is pretty funny that uh that all happened like that it it just made me chuckle you know it was, it was funny so they ended up having a match with the lucha house party and they had a great match you know the sunils see the sunils the Singh brothers are very very good you know they've got high energy and they can go in the ring you can tell they can clearly take a damn bump oh my god these guys can take a hit better than a, a lot of cats in their position or in their size size class or you know what is weight class so shouts to them for being able to handle all of that craziness and um yeah i believe the lucha house party picks up the victory it was you know, a good match, a fairly hard-fought match, and, uh, you know, it was enjoyable because of all of the, like, you know, just everything going on in the ring, it was just chaotic, chaotic in a good way, so I enjoyed that. Next up, I think we got into, uh, what was it, backstage, what was it? Mike Canellis had something to do with something. Mike Canellis was out there kicking some ass. Somebody was coming out to the ring, and Canellis attacked him from behind. So that was, uh, you know, good on him. But now we got a match. It was Tozawa. Yes. We got a matchup next week between Tozawa and Mike Canellis because, uh, you know, the clear and obvious, you know, him getting attacked. Also, we... Uh, in the main event, we saw Drew Gulak 
taking on the Cruiserweight champion, Tony Nese. Now, I guess it was a non-title competition, but I thought the championship was on the line because Tony Nese wanted to prove he was a Cruiserweight champion and a fighting Cruiserweight champion at that. So, you know, they went at it. I guess it was non-title, but they went at it like the title was on the line. A lot of heavy hits, a lot of strikes. Uh, Tony Nese was able to pick up the victory off the running Nese. He didn't jump too hard with that one, but at the same time, they, uh, you know, they, it was a good match. I think people were still being warmed up to the, uh, that actually is probably the climax of the night. That next to uh, Roman's move, but Drew Gulak leaving, leaving the ground, got up on the second rope. And it was a lot of, you know, you could hear them talking and calling the spots outside of storyline. And that's where it's like, eh. But it was a long night. These guys, I guess, at that point of the match were fairly winded. They had been in there for a little while. So, um, you know, they were going at it. And we saw some, we saw a great, uh, what, mid, but a knee to the sternum, rib breaker. What, was, what would that be called? But basically from, uh, I believe, the second or the top rope. And Drew Gulak really brought that man down on his knee. Oh, man, midsection first, sternum first, rib first, however we want to word it. That looked painful first. And, you know, it was a great moment, a great spot. I think I I screamed out loud for that one, maybe. But, uh, yeah, great, great matchup. So Tony Nese picked up the victory, left the show looking strong, and... Uh, you know, a small spot drew, uh, excuse me, DMGM, uh, Drake Maverick told uh, Umberto Carrillo to, you know, be wary of, you know, rocking around with this character in Drew Gulak because he uh, isn't really, you know, the best character to be close to or associated with. Carrillo comprehended and and that was really it. Either way, it was a fun show. It was a good... Uh, oh, two weeks from now, we're going to get uh, Canellas and Tazawa. You know, these guys have been acting hungry, acting ready. Oh, we have... Uh, man, it was uh, Gentleman Jack. Pardon me. Now, it's going to be Gentleman Jack versus Carrillo in two weeks. Gentleman Jack's injury is... Uh, going away getting better i guess he'll be back to back to normal in two weeks time so i'm excited for it i can't wait to see him back in there with umberto and i'm pretty sure they're gonna have a gentleman's duel and we're gonna see who the better man truly is i'm excited for it though so oh no shout out to everybody that brings you the podcast each and every week it was a a very informative week in wwe you know a lot of highlights kofi and them were under the impression that Kevin Owens wanted to change, underneath the impression that he wanted wanted to be a better person and he deserved a second chance because, you know, that's what they're all about. And I totally understand where that was coming from, and I appreciate that. Even though Kevin Owens didn't show that he was serious about it, I'm pretty sure other people that take things like that pretty serious uh, are definitely down for the path to redemption, at least it's in their own tenses and everyone. And it's just the relatable factors. So, again, shout out to my bringing podcast each and every week. If you enjoyed this episode, thank you for listening. And uh, be sure to share it. Let someone else know about it. Let it know. Let it be known that someone's advocating for WWE. And we can argue. 
So, this is Blake. I will catch you guys next week. Week for Sunday, Money in the Bank. Streaming live on the WWE Network. Tune in to this week in WWE Friday, 7.30, I believe. Holla at you then.